0: good you get the idea though you don't get the sound that's that's fine the uh, the whole theme about today is the fact that as Christians uh, we're not just thankful for the blessings thankful for the good things that come away it's really a, a mystery how God has worked in the universe when he gives you a gift the focus is never to be on the gift it's to be the very stimulus to seek the giver and Christ is the reason, Christ is the focus, Christ is the source of all of our lives and therefore you'll learn today as, as we get into the study of, of grace and gratitude is that uh, God is the well of, of healthy spiritual gratitude. It's all coming because he's Initiated that blessing to us, and so today I want to talk about several things. As we get into this, I want to talk about the definition. We'll get into some word study about grace, but we're going to look at Jesus as our master teacher, as He's one that's really uh, sets before us the example of how to live a a lifestyle of gratitude. And then we're going to look at Paul and what Paul was. uh, How how God had changed Paul from a legalist to a lover. And as we move into that, we'll look at some of the benefits of being grateful. And so as we do that, I just wanna start off with the fact that that our God is a God of grace. And that grace, uh, you would never know if it weren't for Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ did not exist, you would not believe. You would would not believe the goodness of God in offering redemption and bringing uh, salvation and saying to you, you are forgiven you are healed, you're being restored, and you're being called into a wonderful relationship. But if Jesus, uh, as it says in John 1, 14, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, and that word glory is one of the endpoints of grace, is that grace will lead you to glory. Grace will lead you to Christ grace will lead you to that position where you see God in all of his fullness and all of his wonder, the fact that God is so kind and so unbelievably patient, and yet he's true. It says in 117 that in this man, Christ, the incarnate God, truth and grace were realized, in, him. In other words, grace becomes a reality if you know Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you won't know truth, and you won't know grace, and you won't know that goodness, and you won't be grateful people. If Jesus were not uh, to have come, if he'd never been born as we go into the Christmas season, what would life be like without Jesus? Remove Christianity from the globe, and what do you have Can you imagine that? Yes, you can, because you're living in it. But mark this, Paul would say in 2 Timothy 3, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. And notice right there in the middle of it, ungrateful. Unholy without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good. You work with people like this. You live with people like this. You were people like this. And the Lord brings hope that you don't have to live like this. You can have new life in Christ. And that life in Christ will reverse all those Negatives into a very positive positive. and so this this Jesus comes into a relationship with every individual and the mark of the the spirit-filled believer is the mark that Christ had as his lifestyle is what we're growing into. There are three things that Jesus shows us in the scriptures that we have recorded where Jesus was thankful. There are more. There's, there's so much more, but you'll pick up on these three. First of all, Jesus Jesus was thankful for prayer, time with the Father, spending time with the one who sent him, not to accomplish a task, not to fix the world, but because Jesus loved the Father. Period. And Jesus loved to pray. But everywhere he went, he was always conscious of the fact that the Lord, his God, his Father, was with him. This is a story about John 11. It's a story about Lazarus, who had been in the tomb uh, four days now when Jesus arrived. But there's a little phrase in this passage, underlined in your Bible if you have it. It says, so they took the stone away. And you can imagine Confronting death after four days Before the decaying had really started to set in But they took away the stone And then Jesus looked up and he said Get what he said Father I thank you that you have heard me And I knew that you always hear me But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. And in that little phrase, you have an understanding of how Jesus thinks that his Father is always, 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 always listening. Oh, if we only had that spirit, that we would not... uh, forfeit those times of prayer but we do because we don't know the father like Jesus did but Jesus did know that and he said I I know you are always listening every every time Jesus would turn around there'd be a prayer and so he said to Lazarus come forth and Lazarus did because of Jesus prayer and the Spirit of God brought Lazarus back into life as the Spirit of God brings you back into life, brings me back into life. But Jesus was thankful for that connection through prayer. He was also thankful. As a man, as a walking around with physical needs, he was thankful for the daily provisions. And here you have the story in Matthew about the feeding of the 4,000. This is the first of 4,000. Here's a miracle that he took seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, and when he had given thanks, he didn't just distribute them, he gave thanks. Something about the blessing on the food that accompanies, not just the food, accompanies the Spirit to receive the food. That blessing means you recognize your needs and God's provision for your needs. And as Jesus uh, had given thanks he broke them and he said to the, sit down in groups and they distributed that fish those loaves and there was a miracle the miracle was not only the bread and the fish the miracles with people looked up to the father just like they did in the wilderness with moses as god provided the manna some didn't look up they just took it for granted they began to grumble but blessing prevents the complaining, the grumble, or taking for granted of God's provision. The third thing, and this was a hard thing to think about, but it is really true, it just stops me. Jesus was thankful for that cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, knowing, not just thankful for this suffering, thankful for the, the redemption, he was thankful because he knew he would get you back into a relationship with him. The plan of salvation is, is what an engineer or a program, a project manager would think, well, here's the, here's the problem, here's the fix. Let's, let's fix. Jesus wasn't interested in just solving the world's problems. He was interested in loving you with the intensity that he has. He's coming after you because he delights in you and me. Unbelievable how good our God is. And yet when Jesus was meeting with his men, we do this every, every month when we celebrate the communion, while they were eating, as they lived their lives, going through the motion as they always would do, but this time, this kairos time, Jesus would take the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat. Uh, this is my body. And then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he had, given, he had gave it to them saying, drink from it all of you. Notice if you take the word thanks out of those things, you get what we do in America. We sit down on a meal, we just eat. But the idea of taking a moment, thank you, Lord. You always hear me. You always provide for me. You are with me right now. So that prayer, that provision, <clears throat> and that plan is to keep you close to God. But because of his great love, he went to the cross, and it says in Ephesians 2, 4, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. He not only says this once in Ephesians he says it two times. And here it comes again, for by it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Grace you have been saved, grace you have been saved. The focus is grace, grace, grace. Not salvation, salvation, salvation. But it's through grace you have salvation. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Paul ends his, <clears throat> halfway through the book of Romans, it ends the whole explanation of the gospel with eight thirty-one and 32. What then shall we say in response to all this This The work that Christ did for us on the cross, the justification, the sanctification, the the transformation, all that takes place, Paul says in in 8, to Christians who understand there's no condemnation, understand there's peace because of Christ. What shall we say to these things? Remember when Jesus healed the 10 lepers? Nine of them had the wrong response. They just... Went on. It was a transactional thing, but they got what they needed and they went on. But there was one who went back. There was an expectation. Paul says, What's the expectation? If God does all these things for you, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, and He is, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also? Along with him, graciously, 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 give us all things. Not just give us all things, graciously. Here, my son, here, my daughter. Lovingly, kindly, with every intent to bless you, the Lord loves you so much that if you're not paralyzed by his goodness, and this is my definition of grace. Grace paralyzes the human soul. It stops you right where you are because it's so overwhelmingly good. Our response, as Joetta read, in that day you will say, give praise, (laughs) give praise and proclaim his name. Make known among the nation what he has done and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing. Sing. Oh, Bob and I were singing yesterday in the car. We just have a great time going through and we were singing Frank Sinatra and we were singing Christian songs. We were doing all kinds of things. But when the heart that's free to sing, but to sing back to God, sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. I wish we could sing that song, my tribute, like, Mr. Vips did, but but our response is to be, be thankful and let that spirit of thankfulness just flow out of you like a song. Our response is to give thanks for he is good and his love endures forever. Well, all of these things we learn from Jesus. All of these things we also learn from Paul. What was Paul thankful for? Well, there's lots of things, but just to keep it short, Uh, Paul was thankful that God had taken him from a system, a religious system of legalism and rules that he was doing very well at. And he was succeeding. But he turned Paul into a lover of people. And Paul never got over that because he became an apostle of the heart set free. Paul knew what it meant to love people for where they were, what they had done that would make a difference, Paul knew how to engage in a hopeless world and bring good news to people who don't know Christ. And Paul was thankful. Everywhere, every epistle you read, I thank my God for you. That, to, to the Philippians, I thank that you're participating. I thank you that you know God is keeping you, guarding you. And, and, and Thessalonians, that your faith was growing strong. He, Paul was thankful when he saw people spiritually grow in Christ that he had touched, he had been used by God to help other people come to Christ. What a thrill. Paul loved people because Christ gave him his love and poured out that in his heart. So everywhere you see Paul, you, you talk about the word gratitude. All the way through Paul. So it's just, it just marks Paul's life ministry. But I want to share a couple things about the word Gratitude. It's an interesting word. You don't think about this very much, but it's a word uh, in, uh, there are five things. It's a word, it's a convention, it's an instinct, it's an impulse that takes place, you don't control it, a genuine feeling, a mark of a healthy spirit. But I wanted to start with this word. Um, The word grace or gratitude in Portuguese, (laughs) Uh, the Portuguese would say obligado, obligado, uh, much obliged or obligated. When the Portuguese went to Japan, they couldn't say the R, they couldn't say the L or the R, so they changed it to uh, an L, so it's arigato. Arigato is the Japanese word because they couldn't say this Portuguese word, but they... They would say it and say domo arigato, really thankful, really thankful. But the word in Greek is gratis, uh, gratus, gratis, grateful, gratifying, gratuitous. And in the Greek, it comes from the word charis, charismatic, the eucharist. And the idea is that there's a graciousness, there's a gratification that takes place because of an act or a manner And especially when God acts upon the human heart. The the Indo-European root means to favor, to bless. Uh, And when you use the word in English, welcome, that's the, the shalom. It means when you come into my home, welcome. You coming makes me well. Your coming makes me blessed. I am blessed because of your presence, because what you bring to me I didn't have before you came here. And all of that's having to do with favor, blessing, graciousness. It's a word we use for gratitude, the same roots, But the idea is this. You can say words like arigato or domo arigato. You can say thank you and not mean it. Kids would get Christmas gifts or birthday gifts. they get more, thank you, thank you. Or you know how you get conditioned. But you can't stop it. It's, but, but true gratitude isn't just a word. It's a spiritual opening of your heart because when somebody touches you, you impulsively move in a way that you, uh, you go beyond the social convention. You open the door, thank you, thank you, and we just kind of take it for granted. But true gratitude, uh, you can't stop the, the, the response. I need to say something because you have done something for me that's touched me. That's what true the spiritual instinct is. It's a genuine feeling. And when you have words without the feeling, you don't have gratitude. You just have words. But real gratitude means this connection of heart to heart because you know somebody sacrificed you know somebody's thinking of you you know they've gone out of their way and you have been touched by that therefore the mark of the healthy spirit is to recognize is to recognize when people do that the problem is in romans when people don't recognize that it becomes the very step away from relationship when Paul said to the Romans they didn't recognize God or give him thanks they just took him for granted and they exchanged the glory of God for that which is not glorious the first step towards murder towards evil towards hatred towards making people feel bad and putting people down the first step is a lack of thankfulness. Because without the thankfulness, you don't have the recognition that you are living in God's universe and you think, this is my world. I'm going to manipulate it the way I want. I'm going to get people to do what I want. If they don't do it, I'm going to blast them. But gratitude says, this isn't my world. It's his. And therefore, when he touches me and I touch other people, whether they give thanks or not, I have been touched and I can be a blessing to other people even though they don't respond. Well, just wanted to conclude this by saying the benefits of gratitude, one, it will guard your heart this way, and as you're guarding your heart, you recognize that uh, this gratitude is the fact that Jesus Christ would set you free from sin, set you free from self, and therefore to be thankful that you can be sensitive to what other people are doing instead of being the center of attention or the means to be the end of what other people do for you. It guards your heart. And that's why we say that with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs we sing with thanksgiving in our hearts because of all the things that people have done for us. Second, it also recognizes that Gratitude is because somebody else took the initiative. First John 4.10, we love because he first loved us. If you want to make people thankful, you initiate love and, and break them down with your kindness and your goodness. That's how you overcome evil. That's how you overcome a stubborn spirit. That's how you overcome someone who's just resistant because it's hard to resist Goodness. It's hard to resist kindness, genuine kindness, a real interest that people really matter to you. It's hard to fight that. But the idea that there's a Christ-likeness in the believer, and when the Holy Spirit comes, gratitude is the fruit and the mark that the Holy Spirit is at work in your life. Those who just take things for granted, neglect things, use, use things, and I've said before, people are made to be loved. Things are made to be used. When you start loving things, you start using people. But the fruit of the Spirit shifts all of that and says that thankfulness is part of that interactive community that we have, that we are people of the Spirit. Well, with that, let me stop here. I hope this, this Thanksgiving, this week, that when you look people in the eye, that you just don't say, oh, thank you but that you really connect heart to heart and say, you've touched me. You've sacrificed for me. You've given yourself to me in a way I don't deserve. I'm so blessed because of your gift, of your grace. That will make us a distinctive people in this world. If you don't have grace, you become grumpy. If you don't have grace, you become unthankful, ungodly but grace will protect your heart. So Jesus was thankful for prayer, thankful for the provisions, but thankful that the Spirit of God gives us new life in the Son. I hope this week you get time in prayer with the Lord and to say, Lord, I just want to tell you, I don't know how to give you thanks, but for every individual that has touched your life this week, I want you to go back and think and pray for them if you get a chance to go tell them what they what their actions have meant to you and that way you can give god the glory because your grace will increase his glory let's pray